freshman pay a dollar to see Molly Ringwald's panties. It is exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating. But you tell me over and over and over again, my friend, I you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Portress, and we're back yet again, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Smith. Yes, Your Honor, this man has no dick. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Um, We have a show that is just chock full of stuff. It is definitely chock full of shit. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that we've had a show that's had as as much as we have to talk about on one particular show. And and here's the thing. I'm very hungry and uh, have not eaten dinner yet. And uh, He's gonna I'm have going, the vapors again, oh no! I'm, I'm going to try and keep this as close to an hour as possible. Sixteen hour podcast it is. You got it, kids. <laughs> Who the fuck are we? Dan Carlin? I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> We're going to just keep on going and keep on going, and we don't care. Yeah, and we'll randomly release our next episode seven and a half months later. (laughs) Why not? You know, it's all (laughs) part of the fun, I think. Um, So, Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about a whole slew of things today. mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Sean the Sheep. Uh, the new uh, what's Armin uh, Ar- 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 Tamzarian? Is that the name of the Ar- company? The Ar- Ardman. <laughs> I like Armin Tamzarian. Just Ardman. Oh, all right. You're no Nick, fun. Nick Park created the character. Uh, so we're talking about Sean the Sheep. We're also going to be talking about Fantastic Four for a v- big in-depth review on that. We're going to kind of sk- we'll talk about it, but we're going to skim it a little bit. But for a big in-depth review, head on over to Here Movie Podcast, HereMoviePodcast.com. There we talk about it for a good solid hour. Um. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ricky and the Flash, the new movie uh, directed by Jonathan Demme, uh, written by Diablo Cody. And then we're going to jump into our last review of The Gift, the uh, directorial and written debut, at least as far as I know, written debut, of uh, Joel Edgerton, starring him as well, him and, uh, and Jason Bateman and stuff. So mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff to cover, and of course the regular What You've Been Watching segment and all that kind of jazz. But Matt, it's been a while. And we've got to do it because when it happens, it happens so rarely. But we got to do it. We have to celebrate it. Oh, she's mm, a little bit of gas there. That's fun. Um, 
we got a new iTunes review. So we if did. You too. You should, by the way, if you would like to, uh, you know, give us a review on iTunes, you can be as awesome as this person. I happen to know her because she uh, reviewed HMP back in the day. Uh, so uh, she's a very lovely person and did it here as well. So uh, high five here. Uh, that's from Xion. I believe that's how we pronounce it. Thirteen, uh, entitled "Simply Fantastic." I don't know that anybody's ever just said that about me in my entire life. So I appreciate that. I thought she was talking about me. Well, it could have been both of us. <laughs> maybe I maybe I have simply and you have fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> there you that go. sounds right. Uh, there you go. I'm pretty simple. Simply and fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and it reads as follows. I stumbled onto this podcast from hearing about it on the Hero Movie Podcast, and I must say I'm glad to have done so. This podcast is simply fantastic with two hosts whose knowledge about films and the film industry allows the listeners to delve deep into the films, both themselves and... Uh, wait a minute. Both the films themselves and the nuts and bolts of the filmmaking process. Anyone with an interest in movies beyond the surface w- level would do well to give this podcast a listen. Well, we thank you, Sean, for ever so much for uh, dropping us that review. Yeah, thank uh, it's you. That been was very kind. Quite some time since we've had one. So, if you too would like to get your internet glory, how about you jump on over to the iTunes there, drop us a, a review, a five star view on H and P. We call those humdingers. Uh, we we could use a couple humdingers over here, and I know some of you. I'm not going to call out any names. <laughs> we know you're lurking. We know you're lurking. We know you're listening. You've written reviews for <clears throat> other podcasts. Do it on this one, so-and-sos. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's get into the show proper here. Matt, what have you been watching this week? Well, as uh, most of you will remember, last week uh, I threw down the proposition that this the, over the course of the next week I would watch one entry in the Twilight Saga per day and tweet it out. One might almost call this a Herculean task. I would. It. I have to say, um, I was not looking forward to it uh, because I had in my mind like a very set conception of these films. These are garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically that was it. Um, I have to say, though. Um, oh, if you say they're great, I'm going to punch you they're in the not, face. They're not great. I don't even think that I like them. I'm just saying <laughs> they were I'm things just I watched. I get why. I get why, right? Uh-huh. Uh, there are things that these movies do very well. They're clearly uh, set for a particular audience, um, but there are also like flourishes of really nice shit that happens in these uh, Twilight movies as well, right? The, well, there's some the nice first, shit in there. <laughs> well, the like. Uh, I think you actually gave me shit for saying this, but the like the first film I think actually looks really good cinematography wise. Mm. All of those special effects, all that other stuff, you know, it's suspect all the way through the end of the series. Um, Fifty Cent some, said he loved the special effects. I remember that back in the day. He's like, "Man, y'all seen this Twilight shit? That fucking CGI is amazing." And I'm like, "Are you fucking I mean, high?" S- some of it you is. You might be. And some of it is very bad. Um, <laughs> like the Scooby, but I, like but the, I like do the have to highlight a couple run. of things. So, um, I don't know why anybody was ever uh, Team Jacob. Ever, there's nothing in these movies, and in, in, in at least, and I'm never going to read the book, so don't ask me. I'm talking to you, Marty. Double don't up the dares, me. bitches. <laughs> I'm never going to read the book, so I have no clue how it's presented in the book. But Jacob comes off as like a really possessive douche hole. I know that has to do with the fact that he's like this werewolf guy, right? Look, 
yeah, okay, I get it. There's dog stuff going on. Uh, no, he's a douchebag. No one should ever want to date a guy that says anything that comes out of his mouth. Maybe ever, actually. Um, I don't know. It's a weird relationship that he like. He almost doesn't fit in the movies, except for the fact that they needed to have other supernatural shit going on. I guess yeah, to need, to create need, conflict. You need to take your shirt off in this film. Could you take your shirt off? In this and film? that right? They needed <laughs> they needed a guy who could take his shirt off. Hey, without need, revealing himself, we need you to do these to humanity. Um, but I do, I do. So, so the first movie is all right. Second movie, extremely fucking boring. <laughs> it is uh, seriously excruciating. I sat there most of the movie, going like, "Can we get the fuck on with some of this at least?" By the third movie, things picked up. The Bill Condon entries, which is what got me into this fucking situation in the first place, right? Because we talked about Mr. Holmes on the show a couple of weeks back. So he did So he did the last two, was it? The last two, yeah. Now, the third one has some nice touches, too. Uh, that one's um, break, uh, not, it's Eclipse is the third one. I don't even fucking really know, except I, anyway. Eclipse is the third one. I just know that Breaking Dawn's the last two. Um, but uh, Eclipse was directed by David Slade, actually. And I had totally forgotten that he had signed to direct that movie. Uh, David Slade, most of you will know, uh, directed uh, 30 Days of Night, which was a really excellent uh, vampire movie um, from, Jesus Christ, probably eight years ago now, right? I'd say it's probably like 2002, three, something like that. Yeah, maybe, or, yeah, eight to ten years ago at like. least, um, if not a little earlier. Uh, but anyway, uh, he like turns in some nice actual vampire moments in there. It's really cool, actually, because uh, he's directed vampire shit before. Vampire. Um, uh, but so <laughs> anyway, we talked about Mr. Holmes. He directed the la- uh, Bill Condon directed the last two, and that's what got me into this shit. Uh, because uh, Marty out there tweeted and he's like, "Hey." I just watched this. You guys have never seen it. Blah blah blah. I was like, okay, fucking no one's. I'm uh, if I'm gonna talk about shit, I'm gonna talk about it, right? Um, and I and I will say, uh, I sat through Pixels, Paul Blart, and Fantastic Four this year. Twilight mm. series, least of my fucking worries. <laughs> uh, I have uh, seen the mouth of hell, and I laugh at thee. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, so the Bill Condon entries are actually really interesting, and it's all because the subject matter is completely fucking weird. Just completely weird. Bill Condon uh, brings like a grace and a style to it that is completely not in place in the other three movies. Uh, and part of that is also the cinematography, uh, cinematography by Guillermo Navarro, um, who has shot... Uh, just tons of shit, right? Uh, and is brilliant. Um, so those movies look amazing, like seriously amazing. They also get the best performances out of the actors, and uh, the makeup in Breaking Dawn Part One is really good, actually, like amazingly good. Uh, so for those of you unfamiliar with the storylines of these things, I know you probably don't give a shit, but uh, like the last entry really deals with. After their wedding, Edward and Bella, they, uh, well, they have sex. She gets pregnant as a human with a vampire child uh, that ends up not being a vampire. It ends up being something completely different. Um, Rock monster? Uh, yeah. Um, and anyway, so uh, 
so they're trying to wait until after the baby's born to actually turn her into the van into a vampire. And so that's what those last two movies are about is like this transitional phase, uh, like in their lives, both of them. Um, the makeup for Kristen Stewart when she's pregnant is fucking awesome because, uh, she looks completely fucking emaciated. Uh, so what's happening is this baby is like, like just stealing all of her life from her, right? Because it's growing too fast. There's not enough going on, uh, that she can like stop it from killing her slowly. Um, and uh, that makeup's fucking great. The birth scene is really fucked up. Um, and then in the in the second entry, uh, the most fucked up thing I think I've I've seen in any movie that was not aimed at somebody who was watching something that was supposed to be fucked up is. Uh, and I totally forgot about this plot point. I read about it and like made fun of it because it sounds stupid, uh, and it is. But. Uh, Jacob totally falls in love with like their infant daughter. Yeah. I remember somebody saying something about that. And, uh, it's really fucking weird. And, uh, oh, wait, it's handled well though. Uh, <laughs> like if it's not like, it doesn't come off as rapey or pedo style. It's like a thing, but, uh, I just want to make love to your baby. Your baby. <laughs> no, your baby. I, you heard right. So, uh, so enough about that. Uh, I will say that I really enjoyed the final battle scene and then, uh, it's completely negated by like all this cool shit happens. People are fucking dying left and right. Heads are getting ripped off and, and, and like vampire headless bodies are getting burned and shit. Like, uh, immediately after all the cool shit happens. Oh no, that's just the vision of what will happen if you pursue this path. Hmm. So it's a like real cheap fucking shot, and uh, apparently um, this does make me like even that cheap shot. Uh, so that stuff's not in the books. That vision is never in the book. They added it, and people were apparently really fucking upset about it. Yeah, I until vaguely the remember thing some came. grumblings. Uh, and so now I'm really sad that I didn't see that fucking movie in a theater with a bunch of women, what because the uh, I would I would love to have been in a place where people are just absolutely losing their shit over something like Don't that. Don't worry, buddy. We'll go see the next uh, 50, Grey, 50 Shades of Grey movie when that comes out. I I know we will. God uh, <laughs> Anyway, so that was my Twilight <laughs> Saga. Hey! Uh, oh, how about that? Uh, I also this week went to see something that I that I quite liked, uh, even though there's some very iffy cinematography choices in it. Uh, I went to see Dark Places. Uh, which is the new um, film with uh, Charlie Theron, and uh, let me pull up this person's page so I can see like how I should possibly pronounce this fucking name. Um, I'm gonna say it's uh, Gilles Paquette Brenner. Okay. Uh, he he directed uh, this movie with um, with uh, fuck what's her name? It's called Sarah's Key. Did you ever see that with, uh, like, uh, fuck, what is her goddamn name? Nope. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Um, anyway, that movie's excellent. Uh, so here he's adapting uh, Gillian uh, Flynn novel, right, who wrote Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's Theron uh, is, stars here with uh, Nicholas Holt and Christina Hendricks um, and uh, Corey Stoll uh, and Chloe Grace Moretz, all in this fucking movie. I feel like um, I've seen a trailer. Yeah, probably. Um, 
And uh, basically, it's about this this woman who, when she was younger, her entire family was murdered. Her she uh, testified against her brother. He went away to prison, um, and uh, now she's you know living her life some twenty twenty something years later. And uh, this group of people who are interested in solving murders um, kind of contact her and try to get an investigation going to figure out if her brother actually did it or not. And much like Gone Girl, uh, it deals with kind of the ambiguities of, of uh, family morals and uh, things like that. Um, but it is a much darker, possibly more depressing movie. Uh, you Gone mean the, Girl, light, the lightheartedness that was Gone Girl? Well, Gone Girl at least functions as a comedy, right? A very pitch-black, dark comedy about marriage, and uh, how awful people are. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but, but Dark Places really is like this emotionally draining, somewhat pessimistic, nihilistic thing that is just, it, there's not really any levity in it. Uh, things kind of work out at the end, but even then, you're just like, well, you're all in your 40s now, so what the fuck is going to happen, right? Like, nothing. Because um, it's all about people who never got to start their lives in some way. Um, uh, Charlie Theron's really good. Uh, Nicholas Holt, right? This is, it's like watching Mad Max and Ant-Man, uh, sometimes cause they're all on the screen. Uh, <laughs> but I have to say who kind of walks away with this movie, I thought was, uh, Christina Hendricks who plays, um, Charlie Theron's mother, you know, uh, in flashback mode, right? Uh, she's fucking brilliant in this movie. I thought, mm-hmm. um, Totally breaks loose of the Joan from Mad Men kind of type that I think people still had her in, in various other roles. Uh, not necessarily periodized, but kind of that like uh, buxom bombshell kind of thing. Um, here she's really amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mentioned that there was some iffy cinematography. Let me find this guy's name. I know his last name is Aykroyd, but I, I fucking Dan looked him up. Dan Aykroyd, I should say you never let him behind the camera. I've been saying it for decades. <laughs> Nobody's been paying attention. Don't let Aykroyd fucking do your cinematography. Well, it's it's Barry Aykroyd. And what was, what's <laughs> his really, brother, Barry Aykroyd. <laughs> but but what's, what, what's weird about it, right, is that this guy clearly knows his shit. Right. Okay, so this guy um, has worked on, uh, I think, every... Uh, let's see. He worked on Hurt Locker, United 93, um, Captain Phillips, right? Uh, Green Zone. So he's got a lot of greengrass work. Yeah, a lot of greengrass. Um, he, you know, he has a very nice handheld style. There are moments in this movie where that style does not work. And it's, it, it's almost to the point of being distracting because of whatever the digital camera this film was shot on, Hmm. uh, is like, uh, there's something going on with like the lack of grain and the way that colors are. It's, it's like that weirdness that's, that has been leaking into Michael Mann's work recently that I've really hated. Um, but it tends to only happen in this movie when he's doing, uh, some of that, signature handheld zoom in out kind of stuff, um, that he's known for obviously. 
but there's just something about the way that the camera is is shooting that footage while he's doing that that just makes it really noticeable and kind of off-putting. Uh, other than that, the film looks great. Uh, for much of the film, it looks really amazing. Hmm. Um, so that's it. That's my little uh, what, what I've been watching review for uh, Dark Places. I say go see it. I, I liked it. It's not the best thing uh, I've, I've seen. It might be the best thing I've seen this week. We'll uh, find out. Oh, snap. Uh, so I actually got to sit down. This is the first time in a while. Of course, I wasn't catching up on Seinfeld. I did finish that. So uh-huh. I finished all nine seasons of Seinfeld in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I've been trying on that. Um, but other, uh, but I actually got to sit down and watch a couple of things outside of all this. Um, so first I'll talk about real quick. Uh, saw Aziz Ansari's uh, Live at Madison Square Garden. Maybe not his best uh, set, but I enjoyed it well enough. If you like his, mm-hmm. if you like his stuff, you'll dig it. Uh, I also saw the uh, th- that's available on Netflix. As is the search for General Sal. The uh, you know everybody goes to a Chinese restaurant and you order this uh, delicious, sweet yet spicy meal, and you wonder where the heck did this come from. Uh, this gives you a little bit of a backstory as to that. Uh, the more interesting thing that they do in this movie, as opposed to doing that, is really talk about um, what I really wish this movie would have been about as a whole, and then maybe the uh, you know the separate where did this particular dish came from could have been like right. a, a segment of that, if you will. Um, is uh, Chinese um, restaurant culture in America, where it kind of came from and how they, which, funny enough, there's a, a hilarious bit in Aziz's uh, stand-up about that. <laughs> about how immigrants, About how immigrants came to the country. It's just like, look, if nothing uh-huh. else, I can go and serve these people food. But you suck at cooking. You're a doctor. You, it's just like, look, man, they're <laughs> from America. They don't know what the fuck this tastes like. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, so there, they do they, be a good double feature. Uh, but I, I was more interested in the kind of history of of like the Chinese uh, restaurants in America and stuff like that, and how you go to places that even have very sparse Asian you know culture at all, and you'll still find you know a Chinese restaurant there more than likely. Um, so, it's a, it was interesting on that front. A, a decent watch, nothing overly amazing. Uh, I also uh, saw The Wrecking Crew. Um, This is a movie that had been gestating for a long time. Uh, I think it's technically listed as 2008 uh, for its um, actual production date. But it had been sitting around for years because they couldn't get the licenses to all the music that's being played in it. And, of course, The Wrecking Crew is the famous kind of uh, studio musicians back in the 60s and 70s who have played on so many albums and just did not get credit for it. I mean, just because that was not a thing that was done. And uh, they're one of the tightest groups in the world, and they're they're really great. But they, there was always kind of an amalgamation of people. They were in and out and stuff like that. Um, it's a pretty decent documentary. There's, it's, it's tough because there's a lot of really, really good music documentaries out right now, so the bar is set fairly high. Um... I won't say that if you know some history about the Wrecking Crew that you'll learn a ton of new stuff, because you probably won't. But if 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 you're very unfamiliar with the Wrecking Crew, it's a great introduction to that, and kind of uh, then you can kind of start digging into things and uh, you know finding out who these people were and and, and stuff like that. Uh, but overall, a decent recommendation. So if you're uh, you know kicking around for a um, for music doc uh, recommended there. Uh, I also got to see uh, the tribe. Uh, so this is—it's not—it's co- coming out to you later, right? Uh, it played here, and I missed it. Oh, okay. Uh, but so yeah, I saw the tribe. Now this is a movie. It does have a soundtrack, actually. So, uh, so you do hear sound effects and stuff. But this is a movie uh, from Ukraine. Don't say the Ukraine because anyone who says the Ukraine is wrong. There's no the in front of it. So 
that's a that's a little history tip for you kids. You're wrong if you say the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. Uh, I ain't wrong for shit. <laughs> so it's it's from Ukraine, and um, it's all Ukrainian sign language and everything, but no one speaks in this entire movie. Um, th- the best way I could describe this movie is The 400 Blows Meets Kids. That's weird. That's what this movie is like. <laughs> okay. So this young kid comes in, and you don't know, and like if you unless you speak Ukrainian sign language, you don't fucking know the names, or you read them in the credits. I don't remember them. Uh, but this kid comes in. Um, he's new to this school. It's all you know. Er- everyone in this film is is deaf, and uh, it goes has kind of um, bringing into this you know being kind of the outsider kid joining up in groups, fighting, becoming kind of who he is, and then you know. Um, shit goes bad and I don't want to go too much further into it uh, but it's uh, it, it's amazing it's really really good um, for I mean it's it's a well over two hour movie and not maybe a word or two but it's just very you know and kind of the and this isn't you know making fun thing but just the kind of like almost almost audible kind of words someone that's deaf would say while signing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's about as close as you get to real dialogue, maybe a little maybe a little grunt or something in there somewhere. But no like real discernible proper dialogue from anyone. Yeah. Um and the ending is like uh they, they purport, by the way, they purport on like like IMDB and stuff that this thing is only made of thirteen shots. That's horseshit. It's not it's not even close. There's a lot. Uh but there are a lot of really great tracking shots. Uh, that do a lot, uh, and so def- definitely the first ha- half of the film is dealt with a lot of really long shots, a lot of great kind of steady cam work and things like that. So uh, it's a beautiful looking film. It is uh, fairly dark and haunting, and boy, do you not, um, you know, get in the right mindset when you watch this thing because <laughs> you're not going to walk out with a smile on your face going, "Wee, that was fun," but you just go, "Wow, that was uh, that was a trip." But yeah, it's uh, yeah, four hundred blows meets kids. That's that's about as best as I can really. Uh, sum it up. <laughs> right on. But definitely, uh, yeah. I've been wanting out. to see it. It's it got like a ton of buzz last year, um, because that's when it fucking actually played uh, yeah, around the, the festivals still. and stuff. Um, and there was kind of a minor uproar this year at the Oscars because the uh, because the Ukrainian government, uh, like the governing body for their uh, film culture, right, d- uh, did not nominate that film for the best uh, foreign language Oscar. They nominated a different film as their official entry. Yeah. Um, And it was kind of a big deal. Like people were actually really upset that 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 movie was not the nominee. And and I'll Um, say this. I mean, I think that I think the movie definitely needs to be seen. Uh, It will definitely give you a look into a culture and and a world that you don't know that unless mm -hmm. you, unless you're in that shit, you don't really know about it. And, uh, what it's like for these people. And there's a scene in there. I will not spoil what the scene is, but it is done in one take and it involves just, just two people in a room and it's fucking harrowing. And like, I mean, wow. I I just like, I don't, I don't want I don't even want to talk about it, but man, oh man, you're sitting there and you're just like, we're not fucking cutting away from this shot. Are we? Nope, we are staying here, and this we are going to watch this all play out. Holy fucking shit, they're still not cutting. Well, that sounds great. Astounding. Uh, So, yeah, definitely would rec. I I would recommend that, but, uh, you know, 
it ain't a family it ain't a family friendly movie <laughs> but um yeah and and just be be prepared <laughs> that's all i can say is be prepared and it was really nice seeing it in a theater because um, if you're not careful, you could easily, I mean, watching this at home, you could easily fall asleep and just not pay attention to what the hell's going on. And, uh, but so I, that's why I really enjoy getting to see it at the theater where it's just kind of like, you have to be up, you have to be cognizant and, you know, aware of what's going on. So, all right, so let's get into the show proper. Our first new release review of Sean is Sean of the Sheep, Sheep of Shaun the Sean. Sean of the Sheep. I want to see that movie. Sheep of the Dead. Sheep of the Dead, Sheep and the Sean of the, no, Sean the Sheep movie uh this is 2015 it is uh a um ardman yeah that's right ardman <laughs> I, I keep wanting to do jokes and it's like say the right thing dummy uh here is the imdb we, we play you the trailer but it's all just music yeah there's no <laughs> there's there's no this is another movie that has no dialogue in it bridging it together uh, here's the IMDb blog line. Sean the Sheep is tired of doing the same work at the farm every day. He decides to take a day off. In order to do that, he needs to make sure the farmer doesn't know. What uh, When more happens than they can handle, the sheep find their way to the big city. Now they need to get back to the farm. Uh, this is written and directed by Mark Burton and Richard Starzak. Um, so you're a big uh, you're a big old uh, you know fan of all the Wallace and Gromit and all that kind of good jazz, yeah. Yeah, I love Nick Park, man, who who created Shaun the Sheep. He did not uh, write or direct this movie, um, but these guys, uh, uh, Starzak and uh, Burton, have kind of been around him for a while. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know that uh, that uh, Starzak, I believe, is um, like over the Shaun or one of the writers on the Shaun of the Sheep series. Okay. Um, and then uh, Mark Burton uh, kind of uh, he wrote the Curse of the Were Rabbit movie. Okay. And uh, he's kind of done a lot of work on animation in general, uh, just tons and tons and tons of work. But he's been with Ardman off and on uh, doing additional dialogue and things like that for some of their films and TV shows and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's in good hands. Uh, these guys know what they're doing and I think it really paid off. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Um, I thought it was just really charming and fun and it was fucking only 85 minutes and I didn't, it, it was like watching kind of pure cinema, right? There's no, I, the story was simple. You just follow it along like all of the Wallace and Gromit stuff tons and tons of visual humor and callbacks. Um, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I was flipping through IMDb looking at the pictures. One of the posters they made up is the sheep is holding on to the side of a plane. It's this, a, it's of, of the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation thing. It goes, Mutton Impossible Rogue Bacon. <laughs> Badass. That's awesome. <laughs> so good. Oh. Yeah. Can now this, this... <laughs> Is is that another thing that the oh I the next one is uh, heroes don't get any woolier ant lamb that's fucking great I, those those fucking posters should have been out in theaters more <laughs> oh my god that's great um uh, anyway how no, do you feel about the movie no this movie was this movie is a lot of fun uh, this is this is definitely just the um, uh, like a lot of the, like like a lot of the style of uh, you know these 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 guys from. Um, uh, it's a family that you know the whole family can watch. Film that the whole family can watch. That's a lot of words to say. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, it's enjoyable. It's sweet. It had it had like a really sweet moment in it that I uh, that I almost wasn't really prepared for. Um, but um, so which one? Just uh, where where kind of everybody was um, kind of getting back together. Yeah. Once the kind of reunion type stuff and the music hits and everything, mm-hmm. great music selection in this in this movie as well. Uh, but really, really good. Just a cute little, uh, you know, and, and it's lovely to see people still doing it the old fashioned way, man. Yeah. I, this movie is beyond charming. I think I don't, I don't know anyone who could watch. Well, I'm sure I know someone, but that guy sucks. (laughs) Uh, uh, no, I don't know anyone who would like walk into this, uh, and not enjoy it. Um, I think you'd have to be like Donald Trump or a monster or something, to, Even to I like admit it. that sheep was rather cute. <laughs> that sheep was bleeding. I ate him I later, but he was very cute. <laughs> um, I, and uh, I don't know. I fucking why haven't you taken your kids to see this, people? Because uh, I don't think that it did very well uh, here. Uh, it's a kind of a smaller proper uh, property. It, it was just outside of the hey, top man. ten this weekend. C- compared um, compared to what the rest of the box office made, this did, I'm not saying it did terrible. Did okay. I'm saying that people were still going out to see like minions and shit, and that stuff's been out for five weeks yeah, here. This thing made five uh, grand, so it, yeah, it, like get, this, get on it. And this um, weekend, you know, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's a British property. I know that people like the cartoon or the TV. Sh- uh, show right uh and their kids watch it okay take a take a gamble on the movie uh take your niece nephew fucking go by yourself who gives a shit um yeah i don't know i know it came out last year in the uk yeah uh there's quite a delay on this for us well that's not a surprise i mean but these days i mean every well all the major stuff's being launched all worldwide so it's just got boom take it sucker yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely worth, uh, definitely worth checking out and everything. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, so that's two recommendations there. Uh, two of them. So let's, all right, my, my thing is you all get fucked ready up here. for not two recommendations. Maybe, well, you know, you never know. You <laughs> never know. Well, I'm sure that people know nah, you probably do. <laughs> where you stand because H&P came out like three days ago, two days ago. Oh, it just came out so, yesterday. Well, no, two days ago. It'll okay. be two days by the time. By the time listen. anyone listens to this. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's, let's uh, like, a, like a Band-Aid, we got a ripper off here. Here comes the trailer for Fantastic Four. I'm building something. Did it work? I don't know yet. We gave you six years and millions of dollars, and you gave us nothing. What's different now? Reed Richards. He developed a fully working model. There are no greater minds than the ones in this room. I gotta say, it's fun having you here. Really? No. (laughs) You've cracked interdimensional travel. Together, you could change the course of history. You guys sure you're in the best shape to be doing this? Yeah. yeah. Three. We're good. Two.
survivors all exhibit unique physical conditions. These abilities will have endless real-world applications. You mean weaponization? All I want to know is where are my children? You have no idea what they are planning to do to you. Listen to me. That's what got me here in the first place. I just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. Nobody can. You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? Doom. The end of your world is the beginning of mine. He's stronger than any of us. But he's not stronger than all of us. ready to have your minds blown? Shall I alert the fire department? All right, everybody, that was a trailer for Fantastic Four, our second new release review of the week. IMDb plotline for young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe that alters their physical physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save the Earth from a former uh, friend-turned-enemy. This is starring Miles Teller, Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Bell, Toby Kimball, uh, Reggie... <laughs> I can't do the Sean voice. Sean did his voice so damn well on her podcast. Reg E. Kathy, Tim Blake Nelson, a handful of more. Uh, directed by Josh Trank, written by Jeremy Slater, Simon Kinberg, and Josh Trank, of course, based on the comics by uh, oh, Lee and Kirby there. Um, so, uh, Matt, they can hear a lot of my bullshit on, on, on <laughs> HMP. What did you think of this film, sir? I can't do, do you wait. follow with everyone else and saying that this is was the worst one of the worst movies ever and this is just such a giant no, piece I'm, of shit? I'm I'm on the same page as I was with Pixels. Okay. Right? Like that this is merely uh regular garbage. <laughs> um, it's not steaming. Yeah, it's it's not like you know, if we're talking about the like is this the equivalent of the EPA, a government agency, dumping uh, coal sluice into a river like they did this week? No, <laughs> it's not. This is uh, just merely a pretty bad movie. Um, I I can't wait until all of the actors find other things to do. Uh, and they're all and fine sure, actors. And they will. And they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I want Jamie Bell to be able to act in another Tintin movie. That was, that would be like the best thing that could happen uh, right now. I, I never thought that I would watch a movie version of the fantastic four that would make me nostalgic for (laughs) rise of the silver surfer. (laughs) And here we are. Um, I will say there are two good things about this movie. Um, it's short <laughs> and uh well no it's just short <laughs> nope that's it i i scraped the bottom of the yeah, barrel look, and it the, turns out the performances are all fine but they have nothing literally nothing to work with sometimes yeah. when, when you and i talk about uh you know script issues and people not having enough to do on screen these guys i felt so bad because they really have nothing to do as actors yeah there is nothing 
And even uh, physically, they almost have nothing to do because from I mean, there, there's oh, there's not a ton of action. Oh, if you there was no it. action in Superman Returns, Jesus Christ, watch this thing, and you will yeah. be begging to watch him save something from falling again. <laughs> uh, no, um, okay, so I think the the consensus seems to be that there are major uh, structural issues here. I I, that's so. what I've read. People attack the most. Um, have you read about this? Yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit, but I mean, like from all the kind of underpinnings and stuff of all the brouhaha that's kind of gone down, uh, supposedly there's at least two to three, you know, action set pieces that would kind of help build this thing together a little bit better that I am to understand were exercised from the film. I mean, fuck, you watch the first trailer, uh, that they put out and there's, and like we mentioned on HMP, we play it and it's just like, half that shit ain't even fucking in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the issue, like, I don't even want to talk about production stuff because I haven't read enough about it, but well, not a lot, not a ton is truly, truly out, out. Yeah. And, and it will be, and it'll be kind of fascinating to see where that goes uh, in the future. Cause I think a lot of people are going to do a lot of interesting work, uh, especially kind of academically, I think on, on this. Um, but, uh, structurally just the film itself has major storytelling problems. The biggest one being that it's only a hundred minutes, right? Yeah. In the pantheon Um, of superhero origin films these days, this is very sparse. It's very sparse, but the biggest problem with do it with that approach, right? Is that the first hour of this movie takes place with absolutely nothing happening. Right. Well, I mean, they if, do, if, they that, if that buildup into led, yeah. the alternate dimension uh, within the first hour, it is literally nothing. Everything from them coming back from uh, from like the catastrophe that, that happens to them defeating Dr. Doom takes place in roughly 35 minutes. Yeah, that's about right. And the, there are two major set pieces that happen in that. Uh, and one of them is almost not qualifiable as a set piece because we only see the thing doing military shit through monitors. Yeah. That's your first big reveal of the character. (laughs) Yeah. And after that, it is not until doom shows up that we see anybody doing anything. And then that battle lasts all of about five ish minutes. If, if that. Um, it's not, it's not much or nothing. So there's, there's for an action movie, there's fucking no action, uh, for a sci-fi movie, there's not enough sci-fi because there's not enough wonder, right? Like they're all like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get to this beautiful place that we, we finally discovered how to get to. And then you get there and there's like a few seconds of that sci-fi tradition of, uh, like wonder, right? Yeah. Uh, before it just is not there again. Uh, it's well, they, a fucking, this movie's a fucking mess. They it get is their, a mess. They get their powers and then, and then it's just a quick cut to black one year later. And oh, yeah. like you've, you've covered, you went over all the interesting things that, that origin movies at least do. That yeah, it's like, how do they learn to control to this, this stuff? Like them coping with it. Yeah. And, and you just eliminate all of that and then don't even have like actual character development afterwards. 
Yeah, you, and, and you don't have the gumption to just throw in just a shitload of action to just go like, look, let's cut out all the bullshit and get to what you really want. You really want, you know, shit to go down. And it doesn't. No. And and the thing is, is that um, I I really I really enjoy that first hour. The not I mean, even before the negative zone, I think I think all the setup is actually pretty decent. Um, it just it's all right, but it's a little too serious, right? Because there aren't enough of those character moments. Yeah, there could be like, there could be a like couple. There's smiles. a lot of exposition and a lot of story, but right, like the the Ben Reed relationship kind of gets short shrift after they're older. Well, and that's um, a, and the thing too is that you know Ben has zero personality. They did yeah. not write a personality for that character at all. I don't blame Jamie Bell for that. There's no personality in that character. He's no, a mopey bitch. There. He's, uh, even as the thing, there's nothing there. And no. that's not what the thing is, right? You can watch, if you go back and watch the Tim Story movies, and and like as much as people talk shit about them, at least the thing and Johnny Storm most of the time act like, act like, the thing and Johnny. Those Stewart. are that's the best part of those movies another. because that's the yeah. one thing that those movies got dead on was the yeah. relationship between those two characters is dead on. And they act exactly like they should. Yep. That those movies have other problems that are not necessarily the characters. Even fucking Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman, right? Like whatever. They're Even passive. they're not terrible. I mean, right. she might be a little she but she's here the worst, there's but no character. Yeah. None. Fucking zilch. Nothing. Uh, and it's a travesty uh, of like underwriting your story. Yeah, and I feel like Reed is smart, but he he doesn't feel as smart as I would expect Reed Richards to feel. Yeah, because Reed Richards is essentially the smartest man in the Marvel universe. Uh, I, I don't I don't he see de- him walking he into a room. Everything for the Avengers. Yeah, uh, him and Tony Stark, right? Like that's it. Uh, he um, has to be able to walk into a room. With 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 Tony and Bruce, and really just kind of go, okay, let let me show you how this is really done as far as like the brains and the mechanics of yeah. shit goes. Well, and he shows them up constantly, yeah, both, right, because because he understands the cosmos level, which is something they don't, right, right. Like they're they get biology, they get mechanics, uh, but uh, like Reed is he's big picture. I understand how he, all I was about to say, yeah, works. he's a jack of everything. Mm-hmm. And that is not conveyed here at all. No, uh, you're you just like, this is a really smart kid. Smart. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how I came on it. It's really long for, for the first hour, meaning that not much happens, even if some of it's really interesting. Uh, but then after that, uh, a lot happens. Well, nothing happens really quickly. A lot of nothing. The movie's over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it, uh, is, it does go boom, 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 and and you're done. And it's just so quick and to the point. It does feel like there was, you know, at least a fourth of a movie that we were missing. Yeah, well, and they and they do something that in this day and age is absolutely fucking unnecessary. At the very end of this, the whole uh, you know the name thing. No, 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 not even that. Right, no? I'm talking about literally what happens to someone. Right. Where's Doctor Doom? Uh, yeah, I you know right. Uh, so spoilers. Uh, not that any of you probably give a shit at this point anyway. Um, right, like Doctor Doom dies. I, I mean, at least we're led to believe he does. Right. And there's nothing in there that would indicate that he doesn't because of the way that they've talked about what is happening to him. What seems to be going on? Right. Um, 
It, it's well, it's the problem it was, that, it's that Burton's Batman had. It's like you killed the what, the most interesting character in Batman's arsenal. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. would you do that? Uh, and and it's just it it doesn't need to play that way. He is the only like. Yeah, Doctor Doom kind of sucks in this movie too. I don't understand what's so fucking difficult to get about that character. He's a genius. He's a maniac. He does not exist in another fucking dimension. He wants to rule Earth. Yeah, that's it's his. Not that's destruction. His goal. He wants to rule it because yeah. he know he knows he's intellectually superior to everyone, including Reed Richards. Which but he's his, not, but, but he still has that belief well, in his heart. I think he may be. Well, but he's at least as close as to his equal. Yeah. Uncut, undercuts that brilliance, right? Like that's the flaw. That's why he can never beat Reed is because he's insane as well. He's, yeah. he's like a megalomaniacal uh, idiot. Yeah, he's a low, always overzealous in, in many yeah, cases. Yeah, he overreaches, he's not content, and that's the downfall, right? Um, that's why they work as a... Uh, as a hero villain pair. Yeah. Which totally works, which is what's uh, made them movie, work all these years, but they decided uh, to negate in this that. movie as with every other version of him, Jesus Christ, it's not that hard to get, uh, you make Reed Richards, the character he is in the comics, make, uh, Dr. Doom, the character he is in the comics. Everybody else will fall in place. If you just do that, if you just do that and give people a little bit of a personality in the script, uh, so anyway, it had a fucking abysmal box office. Not uh, too good, but yet, fanta- yet, twentieth century Fox says we're not going to let go of this. We well, of course still- not, because now they're like they're in a position where they're never going to admit defeat to Marvel, right? This is this has nothing to do with them thinking they're going to make a good movie out of any of this shit. It all has to do with. Uh, the pol- the politics of it, right? Yep. They believe that Marvel has dicked them out of other properties, which they didn't. Marvel bought back other shit that Fox blew. Um, and they're not going to let them have this one. And that's where it's coming from, which is a really shitty place to keep making movies. Uh, at least Sony kind of wised up to like, hey, maybe we don't know what in the hell we're doing anymore. They step back and like, you know what? Maybe we're stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and they may still be stupid, but at least they're trying something different. Fox is, they're in a pissing contest with Marvel Studios right now, and they're losing. As if they're uh, going to lose, ultimately. Well, they, they've, they've been losing uh, since, you know, 2008, honestly. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't good X-Men movies, right? One, my favorite one, First Class, uh, definitely came out, but I definitely credit that movie being as good as it was to Matthew Vaughn being in I was charge like, of Matthew it. Vaughn pretty much made that movie. <laughs> uh, and Fantastic Four, I know, has uh, just a ton of backs, back, behind the scenes uh, like drama going on um, that I think will be very interesting to parse out at, like later yeah. after we know more about it, rather than the bits and pieces. Yeah, that two three years down the line, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot of interesting things. I think maybe even yeah, sooner I think than so. that. Um, but I, I do also think, like, maybe Josh Trank also blew it. Oh, I think Josh Trank, I think this this I, if, I, he, I, this may be the end for him. Well, I think this is, a like, an example. Or it's the stereotypical example. Even if the stereotype doesn't actually exist in the multitudes that people think it does, of guy manages to make really solid indie movie. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and work in work within that budget and get things done the way that need to be done gets hired for much bigger movie absolutely blows it. Yeah. Uh, I think this is like when people think of situations like that, I think this is that situation. I mean, granted it's not like, I like, I fucking like Chronicle. I'm not, I'm not bagging on Trank. I think he was in over his head. Um, and that was going to be it from the beginning, honestly. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen to this guy. Yeah, there's he was, he was dropped, right? Uh, like Disney dropped him. Yeah. After whatever happened Supposed with this movie. Supposed reports and my guess is some, you know, talk around the water cooler. Yeah. Um I don't know. But yeah, I, I do have to say Trank uh kind of probably blew it as well. Yeah, who's to say? All right, well, let's uh, get into uh, the next movie here, everybody. Here is the trailer for our third, yeah, we third uh, new release review. Here is the trailer for Ricky and the Flash. I'm Ricky Randazzo, and uh, I'd like to introduce my band, The Flash. I've been trying to call you. It's Julie, our daughter. Max left her. What? You brought your guitar? Yeah, just the one. Whoa, Mom, you're here. It's like the 80s all over again. Hope Maureen doesn't mind that I'm here. Oh, hi. We are really concerned about Julie. What happened? Max came home, told me that he was in love with a girl named Nicole. She's gonna be all right. She's always been a fighter. Well, she's had to be. Here she comes. Uh, I have all my kids in one room. Mom. Uh-oh. Why aren't you wearing your engagement ring? You two are engaged? Who wants some appetizers? We're practically eloping, Mom. Why don't you be honest, Josh, and just tell Mom that you don't want her at the wedding? Did someone order a mudslide? Yeah, keep them coming. There was a hole in this family, and I filled it. They're all grown up now. You think because you screwed up once, you don't get a second chance? Hey, why did you walk out on my daughter? Our daughter. Julie hates you. That may be. And I have to live with that every day of my life, but now you have to live with the pain you caused. It really doesn't matter if your kids love you or not. It's not their job to love you. It's your job to love them. Call in sick. Go to the old neighborhood. Sometimes a girl just needs her mother. Lots of things are going to change in your life. Someday you're going to wake up and find a gray hair. And I don't mean on your head. (laughs) I was never a traditional mom. But I am a musician. And I'd like to give all I have to you. All right, that was a trailer for Ricky and the Flash. They just showed you the whole movie, essentially. 
Let's be honest. Um, here's the IMDb plot line. A musician who gave up everything for her dream of rock and roll stardom returns home looking to make things right with her family. Uh, that's not really the plot of this, but whatever. Close enough, I guess. Uh, directed by Jonathan Demme. Uh, written by Diablo Cody. Starring Meryl Streep, Kevin Kline, uh, Mamie Gummer, uh, Sebastian Stan, uh, Ricky... Uh, Rick, Rick. I was going to say Rick. Eh? He's not Rick. Rick Springfield. <laughs> and a handful of other folks. Um... So I think you and I, uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. I always thought you were a little bit more warm on Diablo Cody than I, than I thought. But you, I think you and I are fairly, as far as the track record goes, you know, if, ifs and ifs about her, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I said, I, I can't remember actually, I think it was on the show. Yeah, yeah, that was after show, um, I think. Yeah, on the after show last week, I, I said, right, like, I really love Young Adult. I yeah. think that's one of the best comedies uh, I've seen in years. I I watch it all the time. There's a I lot teach to it. that. Uh, and, yeah, and there's a lot going on. Um, I hate Juno. Ditto. Um, don't give a single shit about Juno. Yeah. Um, United States of Terror is okay. And I like Jennifer's body, although it's not super amazing or anything. Um, and so that's kind of where I fall down on it. Uh, yeah. And I think you had voiced similar, right? Yeah, uh, outside of the I mean, Jennifer's sh- body. Jennifer's body. Well, I mean, Jennifer's right. body's not awful, but I don't, I don't particularly care for it either. I mean, it's not egregiously terrible, but I just, I could, you know, I'm just, I just find it really interesting, and I think there are some things that work, right? I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, you know, being a guy who studies. <laughs> horror films i enjoy that one more than a lot of things the movie lost me the second she just said you so jelly and i'm like all right goodbye everybody and, <laughs> and, and that is fucking diablo cody uh, that's right? exactly like, that is that is the shit that i hated about juno oh yeah it's what is blessedly absent from young adult uh-huh uh it's not here either really what's that and it's not here in this one either it's not here in this one. Either, if you just right? told, if uh, I'd have never, if you just said, guess who wrote this, would her name would have never came up. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Um, I mean, this doesn't, this doesn't smack of her, and that's not a bad thing or or good thing for that matter. But mm-hmm. it's a thing. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about here? Uh, it, I, I mean, there are th- there's some things to talk about, but where yeah, do you want to um, start? So, yeah, basically, like, like, like the IND plotline said, so Meryl Streep kind of plays in, like, uh, you know, she's kind of the house band. Her and uh, Rick Springfield are, uh, you know, playing in this house band for this bar and everything, and they've been there for, you know, X kind of wiles or whatever. Uh, you know, a lady of Meryl Streep's age is out there just trying to kind of still be a rocker, hold on to a little bit of the youth. But I think at the same time, she's at least a little bit realistic. I don't think that she mm-hmm. ever has, like, the thoughts in her head of, like, ooh, I'm going to make it big. I don't think it's, like, one of those kind of uh, delusional deals or anything. But right. it still is a person that's resigned themselves to, I'm going to be a musician for the rest of my life. And there are those people. I know those people. And, uh, you know... For good or for bad, that's what they do, you know. Yep. Um, it's it, so uh, you know her. She gets a call from her husband, from her ex-husband, uh, played by Kevin Klein, and says, uh, "Look, our daughter has tried to commit suicide. You know, you know, this is some some real shit here. You know, you need to come down." And so she comes down, not really greeted with very open arms there. And then uh, you know she just tries to get back into her daughter's life and try to, uh, you know, kind of suss some things out here because it turns out. That her uh, husband or fiance rather was it husband? Uh, Did they get married? The daughters? Yeah, yeah. it's her husband. Yeah, so she. Uh, recent. He's, yeah, recent husband actually. I think they were only married like two years. 
or something like that. And then so he, uh, you know, he left her for some other lady or whatever. And uh, so she's trying to, you know, put it all together. And so she's not coming out of her room and all this kind of shit and blah, 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 blah. And this is an adult woman. It's not like she's, you know, fucking 19. Um, but um, so they're going there. They, they get all together. And, of course, you know, she's the kind of, uh, you know, hippy-dippy rocker sort of thing going on. And this uh, Kevin Klein and his whole family now are more of a slightly more upper crust, if you will, I would say. You know, I, I don't know if I'd go this so, uh, would you say? Would you say they're, would you say it's a rich family or a, at least a very well-to-do family? Let's put it that way. Uh, I think they're rich. Not like super. Yeah, not, not like not like not like they're Trump not Koch rich. brothers. Rich. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, I don't know. Like they're very like, well to do. Yeah, they're like doctor rich. Yeah, like, you know these guys rich. Yeah, like somebody's right? got like, like a really. Can... What the fuck does Kevin Klein do, by the way? Who knows? I don't, I don't know, know the... what anybody does except for uh, Ricky's. Ricky. Ricky's in the band. <laughs> that's yeah, about that's, all that's we know. All I, that's all you need to know. No, they yeah. have money. They're very vague about it. He kind of goes. It's like yeah, he's off doing his stuff. Whatever that stuff is that he does, kind of you know. <laughs> yeah, that's about all we he's got. He's on his laptop sometimes. You know, he's looking at things. You know. Uh, yeah. As business, porn. as businessmen are want to do. He runs, <laughs> but, you know, like, he runs, he runs you porn. <laughs> but, but you've, but you've known people who were like this yeah. level. Rich, yeah. 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 Right. Like, like they're not un, ungodly. They're not just, like filthy rich, but they're, you, they're, you walk in and you're like, God damn, I don't feel like I should be in this house. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to fuck something up. Like, yeah. You don't <laughs> want to touch anything. It's just like, should yeah. I use this towel or not? You don't know. Um, but no, so he, he I, Look, this movie—it's—it's it's not a bad movie. It's just this is a movie that is the best I can describe. This is this is a movie your parents are probably gonna love. Uh, yeah, I'd say that because it's it's it's, it's a very straightforward kind of drama. It's fairly predictable. It ends as you would think it would end, and it goes through that. Your your sixty five your your old parents will fucking you know probably dig the shit out of this movie. It'll yeah. they'll hear some songs from their youth and stuff, and that'll do them just fine. Yeah, I you know there are things that I really liked about uh this movie. Uh, one of them I thought uh. Mamie Gummer was really good. I like I like her a lot actually, um, and uh, she I don't think she has enough name recognition uh, for being Meryl Streep's kid, uh, but she turns in consistently good work. And this she was good in this, um, which is nice when you're able to like see somebody who's on screen with their kid, yeah. and their kid can kind of hold their own with them. Somebody who's Meryl Streep particularly, exactly, um, and. And so she was great. I also really liked Rick Springfield in this movie. Uh, there was I something liked Rick about... Springfield. I hated Rick Springfield's makeup job. And that's just, I've just put that on the makeup people. <laughs> you made him I, look terrible. I'm with you, but I think they were like trying to make him look terrible. Right? Like, Maybe. like I, I, I got the feeling that it was a purposeful, uh, this guy uh, is still holding on to something. Uh, even though he's old, I'll give you that. And but he doesn't quite get it. He's not uh, putting on foundation, though, Matt. The rocker guy is not putting on foundation. Well, that's true. This guy has caked on foundation, and it's no good. That that's is true. One of the sassiest things I've said on this podcast <laughs> in a while. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, like, I, but I I liked him. His performance was really good. Too. No, he was for for what he had to do and everything. He he was he was perfectly adequate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He was. You know. It's fucking. Well, 
Dr. Uh, Noah Drake over in that mother. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, people forget he, he, you know, he also had an acting career, you know, previous as well. So I, mean, I think oh, a lot for, of people forever, literally forever. Uh, my entire life, he has he has been on television uh, uh, up until 2013 when General Hospital was <laughs> uh, gone off the air. Um, Rick Springfield has has had an acting career mm-hmm. since like 1981 or some shit like that. Fairly impressive. Uh, so so, uh, and you know, for a guy who was on, a, let me tell you that so, Rick Springfield can hit a mark like a motherfucker. <laughs> Every time we tell can. him to do it, he walks right up to that goddamn X and stands like a son of a bitch. <laughs> Woo! Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, Kevin Klein was good. The cast is all good. The script is not awful. It's fair. Like I said, it's it's very passable. I mean, I I, I liked it well enough. I didn't love it. Like I said, it's a very passable. You know what frustrated film. me about the about it though the the film uh, in general is just I wanted more of the mother daughter relationship to be a like harder focus point. It starts out that way. Yeah, and then about two-thirds of the way through uh there's a shift and it becomes something that's slightly different and i wanted more of that back and forth dynamic going on i I felt like the movie worked best when there were those scenes where uh, ricky was hanging out with her daughter and kind of helping her get over stuff um and there is resolution to that but really like the last third is is about her returning to California and then like trying to get back to the wet, like the wedding of her son and yeah. reconciling a whole bunch of other shit that is not just her daughter. Right. right? Uh, and so I think it loses focus just a little bit. Um, and that was one of the bigger problems I had with the movie. Well, and then like stuff is like, I mean, and as you can figure, so, so Audra McDonald um, is, is Kevin Klein's new wife and everything. And, uh, you know, she, but she's and not like, and I say new wife, uh, she's not like she hadn't been there for fucking no, for 20 like years. Decades. Yeah. So she's been there for quite some time. So it's not like she just came in and swooped in and stuff. So she's been an integral part of this family for quite some time. And um, there's a little static between between her and Ricky and everything. Um, it gets smoothed over a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker and more, you know, more yeah, handily like, and nicely than I felt that it should have. I think it obviously should have, you know, ended where it did, and that's perfectly fine. But I felt like the they got there too not, too easily. Yeah, it, it transitions far too easily into this like recon, rec, reconciliatory moment, right? Yeah. Uh, she did really good helping raise this family when I wasn't there. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and. Uh, didn't feel like there was enough transition of like you. You are the person who took my place rightfully in this family, and yada yada yada. Yeah, too. Well, nah, she seems, right. It seems like uh, just that the conflict appears and then just isn't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's not a proper trajectory for it. Um, Would have been lovely if they had gotten yeah. along, just like right off the bat. Yeah, that'd have been different. <laughs> I mean, because you'd, you'd expect that you you'd expect the animosity right off the bat. It'd have been lovely if they would have just mm-hmm. been like these two really fucking get along. <laughs> so let let's uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah, with, this is enough. Uh, um, if, well, I do want to ask you one more thing. Go ahead, uh, Jonathan Demme. Yeah. How do you think he fits into this equation? I think Jonathan Demme needed a paycheck. Well, here's the weird thing. I think this fits into a couple of different strands that he's constantly played with throughout his career. Um, So, you know, 
arguably outside of uh, like Philadelphia Silence of the Lambs, right? Uh, and Something Wild, which is fucking brilliant. Uh, if if you guys out there have not seen Something Wild from 1986 uh, with uh, fucking who's Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffith, that movie and Ray Liotta, that movie is fucking amazing. You need to get on that shit right now. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, and also a fantastic 80s uh, soundtrack that needs to be talked about a little more. But uh, outside of those, right, arguably his his best movies are his documentaries and in particular his concert films, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so his uh, Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense documentary, um, his uh, Robin Hitchcock documentary, Storefront Hitchcock, and so on and so forth, right? Right. Um, and then his like amazing, like Jimmy Carter documentary, uh, Neil Young documentary was pretty good. So this is kind of what he, so I feel like this movie is marrying some of his documentary work. Right. Uh, and, and I think it shows in the concert sequences in this movie that, that he has an eye for what's going on at least. Yeah. Um, and how to frame that work. No, they're shot. They're shot fairly well. Yeah. Everything yeah, looks good, but, but it feels also uh, subject matter wise, like it fits in with some of his smaller work, uh, particularly the last time that people really gave a shit about Jonathan Demi, uh, was 2008 when Rachel getting married came out, which is great. Yeah. Which was a great movie. And I think that thematically this movie fits right in there. Yeah. I mean, if it, it fits with that one, but that, that's also that movies as far as like, uh, Maybe, maybe not. I mean, story-wise, it's probably fairly the same, but far as, like, acting-wise, that's a fucking tour de force over there, man. Oh, yeah, I know, I know that. I'm not. I'm saying thematically. I'm strictly talking about the types thematically, of movies. Thematically, okay, that, yeah. And, and Jonathan Demme's kind of dabbled in that a little bit throughout his career, um, regardless. Uh, kind of that familial bond thing, the... the drama part of things most present uh, cage t so so <laughs> which is my favorite jonathan Demi movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, i love that anyway movie. i just i just uh, wanted to throw out there i did think like at first w- before i saw the film i thought really fucking jonathan Demi directed this it kind of makes sense to me yeah kind I, of yeah I, I just i wish but I, but I do think he needed a paycheck yeah he needed a paycheck i, I just wish the script would have just been i, I think as much as I'm not a huge fan of her, I think Diablo Cody, this is going to sound a little bit dicky, I think she owed us a little bit more than what she gave us. Yeah, if that's, I think so too. If, that's, if that sounds you know bad, but whatever, I, just, I think it's true. I think that she's proven herself to be a decent enough writer, and and as to the big follow, as the follow-up to you know the big success that we both very much enjoyed in, in, uh, in Young Adult, um... I don't want to say so much as well, she owes us, but like I, I felt like that it could have been it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, so that's it. Next flick up. We're officially over the hour. Mark. We're officially over the hour, but hey, not too bad for but three full ones. That's not too shabby. And that long shit at the beginning where we were doing. Yeah, we, we all our other garbage. Okay, so this one probably won't take too long either. But here is the trailer for the gift. Excuse me. We went to school together. Sorry, I can't place you. Gordon Mosley. Uh, Gordo. Gordo? Honey, Gordo and I went to school together a very long time ago. 
I believe the bad things from the past, they can be a gift. That guy's odd. I think he wants to hurt us for something that happened back then. What did you do to him? It's over! You're done with the past. But the past is not done with you. All right, that was the trailer for The Gift, our uh, last new release film of the week. Uh, this is written and directed and starring Joel Edgerton. He's singing, dancing, and tapping, kids. Um, here's the IMDb plotline. A young married couple's lives are thrown into a harrowing tailspin when an acquaintance from the husband's past brings mysterious gifts and horrifying secret to light after more than 20 years. I cut off the first 45 seconds plus of that trailer that just talked about in a world <laughs> where there are other motherfuckers that, that come back the better trailer and do motherfucking shit. <laughs> because the other one is maddeningly long. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, starring Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall, Joel Edgerton himself, uh, and a handful of others. Um, so this is uh, Edgerton's kind of big thing here. This is his first uh, directorial debut, if memory serves. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's done anything else. Uh, Nothing Directing-wise? He's done two shorts, apparently. Um, yeah, he did write the story for The Rover, uh, which was an excellent movie. Which was What was that one? Um, that was the one with uh, Guy Pierce and um, fuck uh, from Twilight, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, uh, I think I remember that, you talking about that, but I didn't. Yeah, know. that uh, uh, David Michaud. Um, okay. Directed uh, is like an Australian flick. Um, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, well, that movie. Him being Australian and whatnot. Uh, yeah, uh, that was not an Australian accent. Yeah, it was. Shut up. But uh, yeah. Anyway. So this is him breaking out. Yeah, this is his uh, like this is a, this big is a, time. Yeah, this is a Blumhouse yeah. feature. So uh, you know it's it's done on the cheap as the Blumhouse do, and um, I think that this is I think this movie's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. I think it does fall off a little bit towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as if you've you've probably seen, folks out there probably seen the longer trailer and everything. So, uh, Jason Bateman and his wife are kind of new uh, to this area of, of town or kind of moved back. Well, they're they're moving back to his former his hometown. original. That's it. And uh, so they're out in like uh, you know a fucking pottery barn or some fucking shit. And uh, you know they <laughs> it's what it is essentially. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It ain't that, but it is what it is. Um. And so his character comes up and is just like, hey, you know, we went to high school together and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I almost forgot you, blah, blah, blah. And he just, and this guy is kind of, uh, he overhears their address while, uh, you know, they're kind of like, hey, where do we want this, you know, kind of delivered to, this couch or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, And they go, oh, it's this thing here. He clearly kind of hears that and then drops off a gift at the house and everything. And uh, he kind of keeps weaseling his way back into their lives and everything. And, you know, is this the guy that, you know, that he kind of grew up with? Um, or does he have some weird ulterior motives? Does he have any friends? He seems a bit mysterious, a little bit out there and everything. And uh, what what's the deal? What is the deal? What's the deal with Joel Edgerton? <laughs> Always coming around being creepy. Um no, I, th- I think the movie do- does well enough uh, with with what it does and the kind of arcs that everything takes. Uh, I think Edgerton's, uh, you know, I don't know that he's got a big career of directing ahead of him, but I mean, I think he did a for for you know a first big outing. Um, I think a salient enough job. Yeah, I think so too. Um, 
it, it is incredibly well shot uh, and uh, well acted. Yeah. Uh, I thought all the performances were great, uh, particularly Rebecca Hall. Um, oh, she does she does fantastic with this. She probably has more to do than anybody. Yeah. And um, she does damn well with it. Well, and you know who does a lot as well uh, acting-wise with uh, very little, although kind of some really nice character moments, is uh, Allison Tolman, who plays her neighbor. Um, uh, and people will probably know from Fargo, the TV show. Yeah, uh, she was the main character in that. She she gets some really nice character moments. I, I wish there was more, but she is just kind of a side character, right? Yeah. Um, but like Rebecca we have to Hall kind of cipher some thoughts kinda, and stuff through her to be, yeah, you know, to really get them out instead of just get, giving us like shitty like you know voiceover or something. That's how you know the the the, the, the story needs to get out by the with the yeah. neighbor, right. And, uh, and and I like the scenes between her and Rebecca Hall where the, where they're kind of uh, talking about stuff. No, they or don't like feel they like they're ancillary. Some glances or, uh, I, I enjoy that stuff. Um, I think this is a solid enough adult drama, uh, thriller. It's, I mean, it's twisty, right? Like there are some legit, you don't really see it coming, twists in this. Yeah. Uh, even with that long ass trailer that gives you so much information, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, there is still surprise in this movie. Really, like the last half of it, I was just sitting there like, okay, I've seen everything that was in the fucking trailer by some miracle. Uh, <laughs> what now? And then it just kind of goes, you know? Um, and it gets really creepy after, yeah. uh, after the kind of breaking point of uh, Jason Bateman telling him like, you know, we're not friends. Don't come around. Uh, at that point, something snaps and things start to get really intense uh, and, and kind of creepy and crazy. Yeah. And, and th- I mean, this is, this is a movie that like pretty much everything in it seems very plausible. And when you have movies that kind of have that, you know, thriller-esque sort of, you know, vibe to him and everything, the mm-hmm. more that you can sit back and go, this could happen to me, the scarier that shit ends up being. And yeah. I think there's something in this that could really, you know, and, you know, you, you find out stuff about characters in the past and everything, and, you, you know, you hear it in the trailer there, it's like the past may not be done with you kind of thing. So we wonder how, you know, these two characters actually related back in high school and everything. You hear some stuff and then it kind of then you learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And uh, and then you get to learn about characters more, which I thought was another great thing is that, you know, um, you you start to see characters in different lights and stuff like that. And it's it's good. It's decent. It's a pretty decent Uh film. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's one of the stronger entries uh, the past few weeks. I feel, um, let's, I mean, we won't really spoil anything, but, um, what were your, I mean, what were your feelings at the end? Just like how it ended? Uh, I really liked the, uh, ambiguity of it. I feel, yeah, that's, I was like, this feels very Hitchcock where you just kind of like, guess what? And we kind of travel off and that's what's that is. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm not going to give you the resolution. Uh, it works. Um, it, adds a layer of menace to what we've just kind of been shocked. Like I, I actually genuinely found it shocking, uh, what may or may not have transpired. Yeah. Um, and just to be left with that, it is, it is very Hitchcockian, right? It's that moment in uh, psycho where Norman Bates kills off, uh, 
uh, Janet Lee's character, and then you're just fucking left there with Norman. You don't have a main character anymore other than this fucking guy you just saw dressed up as his mom murdering people. Right. Or, you know, or, you know, you know the, the, I mean, I always like, you know, the, just end, the end of Vertigo shit. where it's just like all of a sudden the bell rings and that's it. Fade to black, yeah. you're done. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Did we mm-hmm. just, nope, that's the end of that flick. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just kind of just sits with you like a rock. You're just like, well, uh, all right, man. And uh, I I had to get up and leave, man. I, like, normally I'll sit through credits and shit. I was just like, I got to walk out of this fucking theater and get some, <laughs> like, air or something. Because, uh, Jesus. <laughs> but, I, but I did like the ending. I thought the, the ending was one of the best parts the best things about it like all those twists that just kept coming i feel it's going to be divisive though i feel there's people that's going to watch that ending and be like what the fuck just happened what was the other move there was another there was i guess a couple years ago there was something where people i forget what the movie was but man they were walking out and people were pissed the fuck off and i'm just like no that ending was great they didn't tell you anything it was just kind of like boom and it stopped and they were just done well you know sometimes that can be just great when i was working in the theater uh there were two movies that resoundingly were like that. And it was, there will be blood. Yeah. I could which see that. people just walk out and they're like, fuck that movie. Fuck that ending. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like it's the only way that movie could have ended. Yeah. Uh, right. Like doesn't end in smiling rainbows. Kids. The rest of this thing. Like I did. Right. Um, but the other one was no country for old men. Right. Where, where like a bunch of shit <laughs> happens, and then it's Tommy Lee Jones talking about seeing like his uh grand his fa- his grandfather on a on an old horse, you it's know. Like, there's just shots on the highway. Rain. What the fuck is this? It, yeah, exactly. Um, but the other, you know, kind of the same amb- amb- ambiguous moment uh, here. Uh, I think it'll be divisive in a different way than those movies, and and uh, I kind of was thinking about it in terms of Inception. Where, like, some people were like, oh, the fucking top's still spinning. And some people were getting really pissed off that we didn't know whether it fell or not. Yeah, uh, I was like, that's the not, best part. I mean, whatever. I don't care for that movie. I, I mean, I know it, you don't care for it, but you gotta admit. It's just as bad as the rest of it <laughs> uh, for its copping out bullshit all the time. Uh, but That's the know, film find at gmail.com. <laughs> people, uh,. But people really do like come down pretty hard on that movie's ending one way or the other. And I think we're going to get similar responses here of the did it or did it not take place kind of variety. And, and people will hate it or like it as well. This much is true. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. I can't believe we did it. That's, that's, not a, that's not a bad little run right there. Yeah, that is not bad. We did four. not only four new release re- reviews together, but combined six new release reviews what other podcast does that go to the itunes throw a five star on there we'll really appreciate that be like the lovely show it'll help us reach more readers without you having to tell all your friends which you should do anyway yeah do both of those things (laughs) but mostly leave the review look it's not like hmp we're not hitting you up for money yet we got to get more famous there (laughs) i i don't even care about money at all right this second. No, I don't either. But that's... <laughs> because that's always, so far in the future, given exactly. our Exactly. No kidding. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All we need is a little bit of two moments of your time. You've already listened for over an hour. For Pete's sake, start it. Start reviewing on the next episode and just, you know, boom, go at it. You'll be done before the first fucking first review, before the What You Been Watching segment's over. 
All right. Speaking of what you've been watching, next week we got some stuff to be watching. We're gonna be oh, watching dude. straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucking name, Ice Cube. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be watching straight out of Compton and Man from Uncle, the new Guy Ritchie film. Can Guy Ritchie come back and make a film that everybody goes to see and really enjoys? I don't the know. The early buzz says yes. Uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Early the buzz. Both, both people are, are people are enjoying it. Both are rocking fresh oh. on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now. So I'm getting a ton of fucking things this week, by the way. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to try to go see uh, People, Places, Things, Cop Car. Tom at the farm. I don't think we're getting cop car till a little bit later. Um, and then uh, what the fuck else? Were, I'm going to go see Cartel Land. Cartel Land, I doc- think, is out here. I might go see. It. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll see we're also getting the end of the tour. I don't know if that's going to be here this weekend or not. And Best of Enemies. I don't. I don't even know what that is. Best of Enemies looks fucking awesome. It's a documentary. Uh, I think about. Uh, yeah, documentary. Um, it threw me off for a minute because when you scroll down on cast, it's John Lithgow and Kelsey Grammer. But I know they're not in it because it's a documentary. Um, it, like they're not playing people in it. Uh, about um, ABC hiring uh, William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal to debate each other on television in 1968. Um, hmm. And and uh, during the like Democratic and Republican national conventions. And uh, so it's about their like just pure fucking hatred of one another and how that impacted the course of American politics for the next 30 something years and, and still ongoing. Huh. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that, but yeah, we're just getting a fucking glut of, uh, shit here this weekend in Atlanta. There's so much going, the fucking repertory theater, uh, the, the landmark art cinema repertory portion is showing the restored Apu trilogy this weekend. Wow. Yeah, like all of it, all week. So I can huh. go see all of that, although I don't think I'll have time. I was about to say, that's going to take a while. But, uh, but yeah, like just a fucking amazing amount of shit that I have to pick and choose from. So you'll get lots of that stuff next ATL week too, guys. Hit it up, man. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's it. So we're going to be reviewing, at least, at least you'll know of two giant release reviews straight out of Compton and uh, Man from Uncle. We'll definitely be doing those tomorrow or next next week and uh, a smattering of other things as well. So uh, go yes. ahead and hit on to that, everybody. Uh, until then, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the interwebs this week, sir? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith and uh, follow me on Tumblr, uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. And, of course, you can always follow this here podcast on the tweets at the Film Find at, uh, on, on the website there, here, uh, thefilmfind.com. I'm, ar- <laughs> I'm already jumping into my next plug. <laughs> my, my mind's racing and my mouth's not keeping up. Uh, and, of course, my other podcast, Here Movie Podcast, HearMoviePodcast.com. This week, we review Fantastic Four. So if you want to hear people talk a little bit more about that, get a little bit more in-depth, why don't you head on down to there? Check that out. Next week, we're doing The Phantom, Matt. Mmm, fun mm. times. Uh, so we'll be talking about that kind of stuff Billy and all that kind Zane. of good things. <laughs> you guys remember Billy Zane, huh? No one does? Yeah, <laughs> he was here for five minutes and he was gone. He's going to be the next big thing and then he'd become a bit next big nothing. Did uh, He's not like a drug out, is he? No. I just, I don't know where the fuck he's been. Anyways. I think uh, he had a reputation for being uh, crazy. What? I, th- I, th- I think that's what happened to him. That'll do it. Um. But uh, I, I've seen him in stuff, and I don't know He's where. He's in things, but nothing that's like, I mean, it ain't no high-profile stuff, so I don't know. No. No, no, no. But, uh, yeah. 
he's he's been in stuff. I just don't remember what the fuck uh, because I think he was in an episode of Psych or something on USA once. As well. <laughs> just once. No, no, no. Like, like I, I remember distinctly seeing him in an episode just, of one of those like blue sky USA dramas. He just right? busts in. What's like, up, guys? Billy Zane. Y'all guys remember 1997? <laughs> fuck you. I'm out. But yeah, I want to say it was Psych. It might have been like Monk or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I could USA look it up, but I'm stuff. not typing Billy Zane into shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the government <laughs> tracks you when you do that. <laughs> All right. Until then, everybody, for Matt Smith, I'm Matt Porches. Take it easy, everybody. I gotta turn up the right one, maybe. I don't know. There it is. track really fucked me they 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 all of a sudden they just go through and then there was like you know five seconds of silence at the top of the fucking album <laughs> that shit's not cool how am i supposed to fucking fake dj a show <laughs> if your shit's gonna start like it's the first track of the album and it's just like like you just put the record like the needle on the record and it had to wait till it got to the first proper groove to sink in like what the fucking hell uh ridiculous oh, well. get on t- this uh, steve jobs dies and that's what happens mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so much fucking shit dude uh, so are, we'll at least do that i'm gonna try i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do it because with the with the new dog and everything but i i if if i hadn't if i didn't have to record the podcast that we recorded last week i would have seen um that Dragon Ball Z movie. I'm not a big Dragon Ball Z fan by any means, but my brother saw it, and it's just like, it's one of those, it's like, I think it's now like the highest grossing animated film in, in U.S. history or something. Wait, what? 
something that like can't that. Be right. Or or of of something or maybe maybe the highest grossing Japanese animated film sure. in history. There is no way. I don't know. I just heard something. That, There's I, maybe it's not specifically that, but it's something. It made. Hold on, I'll I'll look it up. It made Box some office mojo. It made some sort of something. I mean, I know that it it, it was uh, like. I mean, the just, theaters around here were selling the fuck out. Yeah, well, I mean, it played in 183 screens. Well, maybe it's a per capita thing. Uh, so. I mean, it made. 1.8 over the weekend. It's made 5.7 total. So it really, in the past like four days, has made a shit ton. Of and and is and it's not screening like a shitload of times. That's the big thing too. Most yeah. places it's screening maybe once a day. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there were at least there were at least two or three theaters around here that were playing it. So I mean, I mean, that's that's what kind of made me go like, wow, okay. It is ranked. I don't know what the what the first thing is. So it's ranked number nine on the overall anime charts. Okay, well that's. I mean that's good. Um, for for as I mean for not a wide release thing, I guess it's probably. Yeah. Uh, let's see, weekend limited release openings. It's ranked one forty seven. All time domestic, it's four thousand nine seventy six. No. Uh, I don't know. Put that on your resume. Top five thousand. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's the numbers. I don't see anything else. Um, but we'll see. Maybe somebody pulls something out of their ass. I don't maybe know. it's the maybe it has something to do with like it's the top selling Fathom Events thing. That may be um, it. There may be like one of the most successful Fathom Event things of all time. Because like some places are like Regal. I know is doing it Fathom, but like uh, Crown Point here is like doing it just like as a regular thing because they ain't affiliated with them. Yeah, because they had I know, I know they had like way more screenings and stuff. I think Fathom did like two screenings. That's huh. probably what keep it, that's that's probably where I'm thinking. Well, I mean, it is apparently one of the. It's going very fast toward the top of the anime charts. Yeah, there you go. Um, but we'll see. I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Um, I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping Straight Outta Compton's good. I just I like. There's part of me that just goes, I, I don't know, but I mean, who we said F. Gary Gray, yeah? Is it? I think so. I don't know. If memory, I've serves. I've not looked at anything for it. I've been reading for a for while. It, for forever and a day, it was going to be John Singleton. I I I, rem- I remember, but I th- for whatever reason, I think we all realized John Singleton has not done a lot of banging stuff. Yeah, F. Gary Gray, actually. So, Fair enough. I don't know. Got Ice Cube's kid in it playing Ice Cube, so that's something. I think the mm-hmm. guy playing Dr. Dre looks a little bit like an alien. <laughs> he does. He's got a little alien head, kind of like, like you remember, like you, you've seen people with too much eye work. Mm-hmm. Face kind of gets ah, 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 sort of action. He got a little bit of that, but he's like probably 25. <laughs> Poor kid. Anywho, um, I think, I don't know. I hope it's good. I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can I can I uh, tell you something? Please. That's awesome, All right. and you should you should do it. If <laughs> I mean, I assume you like the movie. All right. Uh, Inner Space <laughs> on Blu-ray just came out. Okay. Currently is only nine sixty-eight on Amazon. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't seen Inner Space since I was probably like fourteen, maybe. Yeah, and it's great. It's been so damn long, and even then, and even then, I don't remember that too well. 
I remember seeing it like uh, at like daycare. <laughs> they would put on inner space at daycare. I remember that. Yeah, cause back when daycares were awesome. Yeah, and back we'd just play random shit. We play like that and like the fucking Goonies and shit. And well, shit, man. I remember watching like. So here's the thing. I remember distinctly. Not only would we, I saw inner space at my daycare, but uh, also like sixteen candles and shit. Really? Right? Like like movies that kids below like 13 really probably shouldn't have been watching that unsupervised with their parents there uh not only that but one time i brought in like uh like the universal horror films right to watch (laughs) because because they're fucking black and white and they don't matter right like they're not scary they're gothic right and even as a kid i was like they're not scary. we were not allowed to watch them because they're they were too adult (laughs) <laughs> and I was but like, 16 candles is okay and i was like but i just watched like this fucking freshman pay a dollar to see molly ringwald's panties what the fuck what the fuck bella lugosi is too suggestive for children too suggestive or scary i don't know i guess people are really sensitive what to suck your blood see he said something else other than blood i know it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was just like that fucking minion figure at mcdonald's suck a dick motherfucker and you're like what does this say <laughs> I like, dude. You could like, you could say that video is fucking retarded, because you could say anything. I'm like, he said "gaba gaba hey" or something. I don't know. Like, it wasn't even close. I, I have we have that thing. <laughs> uh, like Marsha's niece got it in a in a meal, and it's over at Marsha's sister's house. Uh, not the her niece's mother sister, but the other sister because they go over there and just keep toys and shit. And I, I did that. Sh- I fucking slammed it down so many goddamn times trying to figure out what the fuck it was. This is it's in it's gibberish. It's fucking minion yeah. speak. It's 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 what this is, and it's whatever. Like yeah, if you if you put enough, if you say something enough times, yeah. and you just go, hey, it says this. Eventually, you'll hear it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a fucking illusion, you know. It's a, it's nothing. Uh, it's uh, like, have you ever seen Jesus and a piece of toast? It's the same fucking thing. It's matrix matrixing. You're going to fucking put two and two together because that's the way your brain's hardwired. Yeah, we, we look for patterns. Like, we look to see things. Yeah. Like just because you hear the minions, like that's a you problem. Yeah. When you hear the minions saying something bad. Fuck you, bitch. Oh, that's a, that son of a, oh, mm. I tell you what. But anyway, so inner space, less space than 10 is bucks cheap. currently on Amazon. Mm, very interesting. And, uh, um, and it looks good. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't watched the whole thing. I I haven't bought it yet. I'm getting it. You know what so. my you know what my daycare brought the me to. The transfer looks good. Yeah, fucking Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's the first movie I ever really vividly remember seeing in a movie theater. It's it's playing tomorrow night here in Atlanta. Holy fucking hell! I, I guarantee Woo. it's digital, but uh, yeah, it, still, it, nevertheless, but it, but it is playing here. Oh, that would be great. Night. We need some of that action here, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of the it's also what's great about it is a part of the uh, plaza found like the plazas are indie theater like legit indie theater yeah and it's part of their it's the plaza foundation uh, summer nights schedule where it's tell me they're playing Greece at some point uh, I, I mean they, if you put I think the word summer have, nights in there if you can't not put fucking put Greece in there I don't but think any, but in any by case law. right like what's cool about it is since it's the it's the sales benefit the foundation. Mm-hmm. The um, ticket price is totally voluntary. Oh. Uh, they suggest ten bucks, which is like what a ticket would cost you, right? Uh, but you know, like you could walk in and be like, "Here's three bucks." Suck it. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you but know, then what? there's the cats that come in that go in. I mean, it's the In Rainbows deal, man. In Rainbows, they made more money. All like Radiohead. I'm not a fan of Radiohead, but I mean, I love the yeah. story. They made more off of that album than they ever would have if they just put it out with a regular regular record company in retail yeah. stores. Yeah. Well, it's the it's the Louis C.K. model, right? Like he, he the reason he does so well is because he's like, you know, here's my thing. It's five bucks. I'm not going to harass you. Uh, and even the stuff that's like, you know? even like, like I think he did a thing that was like, hey, this is kind of sort of available, but there's some different things here. Uh, it's just going to be three bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did that with his Madison gig, right? Madison like, some stuff's in here new. Some stuff's different. And I'm not even going to charge you the full five bucks. And eh, that one's three. Yeah. So. And, and, uh, yeah, I think that model works for people. Like, I would give ten bucks. I can't go tomorrow night, but I would totally give ten bucks to watch Pee Wee. Fuck it, I pay ten bucks to see shit all the time. <laughs> Have I you seen this program? Do this. We do a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yep. Well, right. I've got to go eat. Next week it is, man. See ya. <laughs>